actually, all of us may be going through something right now. I shouldn't cry again because it's quite an easy message. It's a quick message. So I was reminded, Kirst, have you got this on recording? Just in case you didn't push record, not that I want to hear it afterwards. But this morning, I want to share something with us tonight, today that we're all experiencing in one way or another. And if we're not experiencing it now, I almost want to say we are going to experience it. I want to make a statement this morning. I am moving, but nothing is changing. I am moving, but nothing is changing. I'm going to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm living on the straight road. I'm trying to be that fearful and righteous person for God. Having my quiet times, but nothing is changing. Nothing's happening. Maybe someone's had a breakthrough in their finances and they've just paid off all their debt. Maybe your single friend who's been single for ages is happily married and expecting a child. Maybe your friend's been without a job far less time than you and they just got an opportunity and they're thriving. Are you sitting here thinking, God, why not me? God, I'm doing everything right. I'm moving. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to do things right. Nothing's changing. Maybe you feel like you're just moving forward and you haven't had that breakthrough just yet. I've been saying that during lockdown and even after lockdown, I've been doing some Bible stories with my kids and that Bible story of the kids has just been standing out. And today I want to share a Bible story with you, a kid's Bible story with you that can help us on our journey today. And I want to unpack the story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho. So before you hear that story, and you hear, oh, I know what happened, there's some dead trumpets, blah, blah. Let's just unpack it, have a quick Sunday school lesson this morning, and then we can get stuck into it. So Moses was appointed by God to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, and he sent 12 spies ahead to have a look at the promised land, Canaan, which is known as the land of milk and honey. After the 10 came back, 10 spies came back, they said, there's absolutely no ways we're going to be able to get into the promised land. There's high walls, there's soldiers, there's AK-47s. We are never going to get into this promised land. Two came back. Saw exactly what the other ten saw. Two came back and said, but we can get in there. God will help us. Only two came back, Joshua and Caleb. So after these ten men came back with a bad report of the promised land that it would be impossible, the Israelites didn't trust God. They started moaning. They started complaining. They started groaning, and they were banished to wander in the desert for 40 years. Do you know the only two people out of that generation to see the promised land was Joshua and Caleb. They were the only two people out of that generation to see the promised land. Moses' assistant Joshua would lead them after Moses' death. Go check that out in Deuteronomy. So after the entire nation had wandered in the wilderness, Moses had now passed on and died. Joshua was appointed leader. He was now leading the Israelites. And we find ourselves on the River Jordan. They're camping outside and they can see the walls of Jericho. And that's where our journey starts this morning. Camping at the River Jordan, looking at Jericho. Let's open up our Bibles, if you've got any here this morning, to Joshua 6. That's going to be our scripture for this morning. And we're going to just unpack it a little bit and read more about that. Some may ask us in the story, why did God use this situation or use this method to bring the walls down of Jericho? But you see, the Israelites were known as a nation of wandering. They'd spent years and years circling the wrong way in this wilderness. And God chose this method to teach them how to circle correctly, how to circle the correct way, how to put their trust in Him and not in themselves. Do you know the definition of wandering? 
It's traveling aimlessly from place to place. I'm just wondering. I'm just traveling aimlessly from place to place. And this is what they had been doing. And the method God chose to bring these walls down didn't make sense to man, but it made perfect sense to God and how he had to teach them to circle correctly. They had to learn to rely on him and not on their own way. This is what we're going to be touching on this morning. Are we circling our problems correctly? So when he got up here and he said, are we focusing on our problem, problems, taking our eyes off of you, the way maker, promise keeper? Where, where are we circling? What are we circling on? What are we focusing on? Are we doing it God's way or just wandering aimlessly while trying to do it our way? We're circling the problem or the promise. And when Tony said that, I was like, oh, my word, but you don't understand. And he hasn't seen my notes, but what are we circling? The problem, the problem, the problem. Why are we circling the promise? Where's our focus? Where's our focus? So remember, before those 10 spies saw Jericho, they just saw how huge and intimidating this problem was. AK-47s, high walls. God had already promised them Jericho. God had already promised them Jericho. We can read about it in Numbers at the time of Moses when he was leading the Israelites. And we can read it here in Joshua, which is verse 1 to 2. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or go out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. So the Lord had said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, and its king, and the warriors, and all those AKs. I've given everything to you. I've given it to you already. Say that after me. I have given you Jericho. In the message, the translation, that says, look sharp now. I've already given Jericho to you. It doesn't say I may give Jericho to you. It doesn't say depends how you behave, I'll give Jericho to you. It doesn't say I might. I have given you Jericho. This, this was God's promise to Joshua. Now God had to teach his people to focus on him and this promise that he had given them and not the problem. See, they had to be taught how to circle purposefully. They had to be taught how not to wander aimlessly, and we have to be taught how to circle purposefully in our situation or focusing on our problem. My first point this morning, I'm saying the word circling quite a bit, is circling. Are we circling the problem or the promise? Are we circling the problem or the promise? Where is our focus? We're focusing on that problem the whole time and it's consuming us, or are we focusing on our promise that God has given us? Are we so focused on our problems that our spiritual progress is being hindered that we take our eyes off God? Sometimes this problem consumes us so much that we forget all about God. And we just seem to lose that spiritual connection with God. Joshua 6, 8 to 11, then goes on to say to them, to walk around the town once a day for six days. In verse 11, we pick it up. It says, so the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night in camp. In verse 14, on the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. I tried to say that. Once around the town rest, once around the town rest, once around the town rest. I couldn't get it right, but it was for six days. Once around the town and then rest. Why do you think God told them this? Why do you think God said, return to camp after circling once? It brings me to point two, rest. Rest. 
Yes, we can't do this, hey? We cannot just rest. We may do something, but then nah, I've got to get up again and go solve it my way. Go sort it out. I want to sort it out. I've got a way to do that. We don't just rest. We always feel we've got to do more. See, God told him to return to camp after circling because he didn't want the Israelites to try and fix it themselves. He didn't say to them, circle once, go back to camp, get your hammer and chisel and go chisel away at a block or two to make those walls come crashing down. He said, circle once and go and rest. By doing this, I believe they were forced to leave the situation in God's hands. I believe they were forced to, okay, God, I've given it over to you now. I've done what you're told, but I've got to leave it to you. I've got to rest. I've got to rest. Did those walls just magically disappear? Did they just come crashing down within these first six days? No, it was still there. It was still looming over them. They're camping on the river banks looking at those big walls. They didn't just disappear. They had to leave it and trust that God has got it. See, when God tells us to rest or hand it over, we need to do exactly that. We need to shift our mindset into focusing on God. Because if we sit and think about our situation and our problems, we begin to doubt Him and we try to fix this problem ourselves. We seem to think, okay, I'll be able to do it because we're so fixated on it. What is the Jericho in your life? If I had to ask you this morning, what is the Jericho in your life? What situation in your life are you battling to overcome at this moment? I want to give you a little illustration. Many years ago, my wife and I were newly married. And I've got a bit of a sweet tooth, which is a problem. And we had a cell social, and quite a few of us, and we decided to have a chocolate fountain at this cell social. So my wife, as she does, puts out all the spreads, puts out all the goodies, had this beautiful chocolate fountain going. I was actually going to have one up here this morning, but it would have been too big a temptation to me, so I didn't. <laughs> there this chocolate fountain was, all these goodies on the table, and I thought, I can't have any of this chocolate fountain, because back then, was a few years ago, I was training for a very important race, and I was committed on my diet, and I was committed on my training, and I'd be pretty good for about two to three weeks with my eating, and that is long for me, so I was like, yeah, I'm doing it, and more I'm saying, I'm not going to have that, I'm not going to touch it, I'm not going to have it, yeah, I think, let me just have one dip, that was a very bad decision, because I was like that naughty kid at a candy store, and I finished all that sweet stuff under the things, until there was something else not left, and I had carrots, cucumbers, was the other thing, celery, that was going into this chocolate fountain. It was a mess. My wife still uh, has nightmares of that day. My point I'm trying to illustrate this morning is that I was so focused on the problem that it consumed me. I was so focused on this chocolate fountain that it consumed me. What's the Jericho in your life? What chocolate fountain is in your life that you're so focused on? Is it sweets? Is it alcohol? Is it pornography? Is it gambling? Is it possibly a job that's going south? A marriage that's going south? Is it possibly a medical problem or an illness? What is the Jericho or chocolate fountain in your life that is consuming you at the moment? And how are you focusing to overcome this problem? Are you resting in the promise for your life instead of worrying or watching the problem? Maybe you should be praying. Maybe you should be worshipping. Maybe you should be getting stuck into God's word. Maybe I shouldn't have gone near that chocolate fountain. That's a statement. Victory always comes through God's plan of deliverance and not ours. Victory always comes through God's plan of deliverance, 
not ours. I've said it already. The Israelites could see the walls from the camp. They knew it was there, but they couldn't touch it. Point number two is rest. Leave it to God. After you hand the problem over to God, rest in the knowledge that He's got it. Focus on His promise that He's going to ease away, make a miracle worker, promise keeper. Focus on that. So this carried on for six days. It wasn't a quick fix. I think that's the highlight chat. It wasn't walk around twice, second day later, bang. Six days this carried on. In verse 10 it says, Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. So for six days they had to be quiet. One of the ladies who think that <laughs> army. Six days they had to be quiet. Brings me to point three. When we have a Jericho a situation in our lives, are we being quiet about it? Or are we being like the Israelites, just moaning and groaning and complaining about it? Do our words show the trust or distrust of God? What are we speaking out? What are we verbalizing? The trust or distrust of God? You see, we know the problem's there. We know that Jericho is there. We've lifted it up in prayer. But are we fixating on it? Are we continually moaning and talking about it? Tell you, telling everyone our woes and our worries. See, that night with the chocolate fountain, all I could do was tell the guys how much I wanted it, how much I wanted to binge, how much I wanted to have those little sweeties. All I could fixate on was that chocolate fountain. And my goodness, it was proper. Oozing, dripping, not normal chocolate, eh? Geldof chocolate. It was proper. <laughs> and I kept telling everyone, I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to dip in that sweet marshmallow or yeah, just put a strawberry in there. What did you think of this comment? The enemy can influence our thoughts, but he doesn't know them. He can't read our minds. The enemy has no clue what's going on until you say it out loud. Now, this is a clinty comment, so it's not correctly spiritually sound, because obviously the enemy can. Well, he can't really read our minds because he's not like God, he's all present and all knowing. But to say that we shouldn't speak out our weaknesses loud, I mean, David did in the Psalms. He prayed out loud and he lamented out loud and he really just. Um, Seek God. But the bottom line is the devil knows our weaknesses, not because he hears them when we say them out loud, but because he's the master of human nature and knows the areas we are weak in as humans. So even if we didn't say them out loud because he knows what human weaknesses are, he would probably likely know them anyway. But we need not be fearful of him hearing our weaknesses because we are God's child and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But we've got to watch what we say, guys. We've got to watch what we say. Power of the tongue is very powerful. And if we're just talking negative the whole time, we're just influencing that problem. We're just talking negative about that chocolate fountain. All I want to do, all I, oh, well, then go ahead and put your strawberry in. I'm not saying now we mustn't share with someone we're accountable to or someone who can pray with us. But be careful how you speak about your problems. When we do speak, we need to praise Him because He's brought these walls of Jericho down. So we've got to shift our focus from the negative to the positive and on God's promise. Joshua 6, 15 to 16. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, 
for the Lord has given you the town. Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Shout, for the Lord is fulfilling His promise. Come on, shout, for He's fulfilling His promise. Shout and praise and sing to Him, for He's bringing down your Jericho walls. Shout and praise. If we'd wasted all our breath, focusing on the negative, focusing on the, we'll have no voice left to shout and praise and give God all the glory. Point three, save your voice to sing His glory, not to magnify the problem. Save your voice to sing His glory, not to magnify the problem. I've got three points that I want to recap on here this morning. Number one, circle correctly. Circle correctly. Circle the promise, and especially the promise maker, the way maker, the miracle worker. Not the problem. Point two is rest. Leave it in God's hands when you've handed it over. Leave it to God. Leave it to God. And point three is shout only of God's glory. Rather be silent if all you're going to do is speak about the problem instead of speaking words of faith. I want to call the band up again this morning and um, want them to help me sing that last song. And I just want to read those words quickly about this song. And I had no idea that this song is probably one of the band's worst nightmare. I only figured that out this morning. So when I'm doing this preach and I'm like, hey, this will be such a lack of song. Band, can you do it? And they didn't tell me anything. And they're amazing. The band's incredible. But it's a, it's a great song. And it's, I just want to read these words again. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. But you have never failed me yet. Waiting, waiting, waiting for change to come, knowing the battle's won, for you have never failed me yet. I've seen you move. You've moved the mountains, and I believe you can do it again. You made a way when there was no way. Think of that family today, Lord. We just make a way where there's maybe no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. What are you seeing when you circle the Jericho in your life? Are you seeing this massive situation? Are you seeing this hopeless situation? Or are you seeing Jesus? Are you seeing the promise? Are you prayerfully circling your Jericho? Or are you wandering about aimlessly in this desert? Where's your focus? Are you focusing on how you'll take down the walls? Or are you resting in the knowledge that God's got this? Are you shouting your discontent? Your negativeness, telling everyone how big your problem is, while you're saving your breath for God's glory when the walls will come crashing down. And I believe the walls will come crashing down. I have given you Jericho. I have given you Jericho. Declare that now over your life, over your situation, as we sing this song together. In Jesus' name.